What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 80, today with Marina Heath from the band Crashing Atlas. They are a DMV area rock band from around here with a new album called Black Sky Sunrise. I featured their song called Nothing Left on this episode, which you will hear momentarily. So if you like it, definitely go check it out on Spotify or buy it on iTunes or wherever you might listen to music. The song also has a cool music video, which you can find pretty much anywhere on the internet. But uh, yeah, anyway, Marina and I had a fun chat about some of the stories behind the songs, her background in singing, and a bunch of other random stuff. Uh, I would say Marina's definitely a passionate singer, and if you ever get the chance to see the band live, I would definitely recommend it. Some singers can't always hold up to their recordings, but uh, from seeing her play, I don't think she has that issue. So whether you're friends or fans of hers, I hope you enjoy the interview. As always, uh, thank you for supporting local music. We all definitely appreciate it. Hopefully you yourself are doing alright out there. Um, Speaking of local music... Lastly, I should mention that my band, The Hollow Truths, just released a new song called Overthinking and Overdrinking, which was incidentally recorded by the same dude that recorded Black Sky Sunrise, Mr. Felix Nieto. But anyway, without uh, too much more further ado, we'll get to the interview here with uh, Marina from Crashing Atlas. Rockstar Podcast. Um, been trying to chase you down here for a little while, I feel like, and get you on, because we had the the other two hooligans of the band on here, which turned into a little bit of a, a shit show and a little less of a conversation. <laughs> um, so I figured I'd get the uh, the real head honcho of the band on here. and uh, The star. Do, the star, exactly. Get a proper episode going for you guys, you know. Um Awesome. So, um, and obviously you got the new the new album out, which is uh, finally streaming everywhere. I feel like I've been hearing it beh- like behind the scenes for months. So it's uh, kind of cool that uh, yeah. it's finally out on the airwaves. Yeah, I'm stoked on it. It took a long time to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys were in there like way back in August, I think you were recording. And like yeah. for like a, like a month straight maybe or something like that. Yeah, we were in there for like a month, but uh, we were basically doing 
demos and pre-production for like the entire year before all that even happened and then even after yeah. we finished recording there was still like plenty of stuff that we had to do outside of the studio like we basically tracked all the lead guitars outside of the studio and i mean i don't know there was just all kinds of stuff we had to do it was like it was never ending yeah yeah it's a long arduous process for sure but uh you guys finally got it and uh it looks like it's been you know getting some traction getting some streams so uh probably got i don't know hundreds of thousands of streams on that one song alone so uh monster i don't know what oh, playlist, that, playlist that one's you got guys a, got on but that one's got a crap ton of streams i mean that song's just been out since uh 2018 yeah. and the music video kind of popped off back then so that really helped yeah I don't even I don't even really remember if we got playlisted for that song. I just it just does pretty well and like Spotify just sticks us in algorithmic playlists with that song a lot. So that's kind of where our luck is. Yeah, and then you got a couple of cool music videos to go along with everything as well. I mean, uh, my favorite, of course, was the the one in Alexandria. That's uh, kind of got a a sweet spot for that, but uh, it came out really well nonetheless. Yeah, that was a really fun video. Like I. I don't even really think we had a huge plan for it because the uh, yeah. lyrical intention behind the song was kind of to delve into like our relationship as bandmates. So we kind of just were like, let's not put on some like big flashy show or something like that. Like, yeah. let's just let our personalities shine. So that's what I like about that video. Yeah, it was cool down there in, in Old Town. And that was the, which song was that? Was that the only one or Nothing Left or is that? Yeah, uh, that was Nothing Left. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was cool. And then, uh, obviously, uh, the one for Graveyard was great there. Kind of shot in the uh, the compound with uh, Mr. Felix Nieto, who, obviously, got to mention the, I don't know, guru, mastermind, production engineer for you guys and former bandmate. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get, like, tetanus shooting that video. <laughs> it was kind of a freaky location. Yeah, I thought maybe you guys would get, like, some rats in there, like, running around the floor, or at least some roaches. Was... Oh, I mean, like, uh, I haven't actually seen any rats or anything going on at that <laughs> house, but uh, we shot the, we did a cover of Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo at that house, yeah. and um, there was literal, like, mouse crap all over the floor, <laughs> and yeah. Felix was shooting that video, too, and he was just like, Marina, like, get on the floor and, like, sing on the floor, and I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? There's <laughs> mouse poo everywhere. They made me do it, and uh, I don't even think that those shots looked that good, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, gotta watch a, out not to a, inhale that. There's, I don't even know, it's a, neurotoxins. It's all or something for the art. Of course, it's all for the art. You definitely gotta sell out any chance you get. So, uh, but I think you guys obviously do a good job of that and and have some fun with it and it seems to show, seems to come through. So, um, but I know you guys have been busy too, kind of lining up shows and uh, maybe doing some covers and stuff as well on the side. So, um, what's your next big, uh, shindig? Uh, we have Beach Rocked in Hampton, Virginia, like Virginia Beach okay. in a couple weeks. I think that's July 30th. Um, I'm really looking forward to that show. There's some really cool bands on there. Awake at Last, like Shallow Side is on there, I think. It's, it's going to be a really cool show. I always get really excited when I'm like, uh, like yeah. bands that I like know are going to be here. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys have been kind of starting to, to catch catch some waves there with some notable artists. I mean, I'm not exactly sure 
who they are, but I've, I've heard a few whispers, so it's cool to see you're getting on some bigger bills for sure. I'll make you a playlist. They're pretty good. <laughs> All right. Sweet. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. How's your summer going otherwise? Oh, it's pretty chill. I mean, actually, um, last week I kind of like lost my voice. It's sort of back now. Uh, singing voice is still not like a hundred percent, but I'm glad yeah. that I can like at least talk enough to get through this. I don't even really know what happened. Uh, I was feeling really, really good. We had a rehearsal last weekend and we had a couple shows or just one show or something. And I was feeling like great. I was like, yes, I'm at the top of my game. Like my voice sounds great. I feel super healthy. And then like out of nowhere, my voice just like, like it just went away. <laughs> um, but yeah. it, I feel like it's building back up a little bit. So that's good. Lead singer problems for sure. But uh we uh, we missed you down there, Roachfest. I was actually <laughs> hanging uh, out. I I know that day was really bad though. Like I genuinely like just I couldn't even like talk that day. I really wanted to go, but oh, are we both drinking some Pamplemousse right now? Uh yeah, I don't know what flavor you got. I think I got the uh, the Raz Cranberry. I got the the grapefruit, the Pamplemousse. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We're we're <laughs> we're the Lacroix boys right now. Yep. <laughs> No sponsorship ads for that either, but oh well. I, I'm waiting for the day that LaCroix sponsors me, because honestly, like, I rep them real hard. I love a good LaCroix. Yeah, and it uh, makes it a little bit more manageable to drive drive home, so there's always that. <laughs> but Yeah, for sure. You guys have a pretty good gang, I feel like, or gang mentality in your band, you know, pretty tight-knit group, so who's, who's usually the uh, driver after the show? Um, I mean, we haven't actually gotten to play a lot of CA shows lately, and the ones that we have played, uh, I mean, we'll usually drive separate if it's close enough, and yeah. if it's really far away, then we all kind of split the driving, um, but the last, like, little mini tour that we did, we didn't really have a proper vehicle or anything, so I kind of borrowed my mom's truck, and we sort of stuffed it to the brim with all of our crap, and, yeah. uh... It worked out okay, but the back seat was just like miserable to sit in. So everybody was kind of fighting for the the driver's slot. Like even though driving yeah. kind of sucks, it was like so much better than sitting in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, I think Nick and Paul were telling me a little bit about that uh, little escapade that you guys had. It might have even been like some some cow tipping or something involved on somebody's farm, but I I could be recalling that wrong and mix up I think stories. that. Uh, I think that Nick and Doug have a cow tipping story, but it's like from before I was in the band. Okay. Yeah, it it's easy to get mixed up, but uh but yeah, I don't know. You've been in, in the band what, like two, three years longer than that? I I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, it's been like it's been like three years now, actually, like the other day. Because uh, I guess I really joined after I played Rockfest with CA. And uh that the like the three year anniversary of that was just like a few days ago, so I'm like it's been a crazy journey. I'm kind of shook that we haven't uh, been able to put out more music in that time, but it was kind of a, a crazy way to get a group together. I kind of popped into this like pre-existing dynamic. Uh, there were already kind of things going on that I just wasn't 
really privy to the way that the relationships worked and like the way that everybody was doing things yet. So I feel like yeah. it just kind of took some time to get a little momentum going. And um, I think by late 2019, like and during 2020 is really when we had like the time and the space to kind of back off like what we thought expectations were for the project. Because, I mean, you kind of get into your head with like uh, – like are people really expecting us to put out music all the time because that's what like successful artists do and then when we would put that pressure on ourselves then it would just like really boil over because the pressure was just too much to get a good song going but um once the shutdown happened it was like wow we actually have time to step back and really take our time to make music that we all like so that was kind of a a little bit of a gift there yeah i think you guys did a great job with it I mean, these days, uh, bands don't even usually put out full-blown albums. So that in itself is kind of a, an achievement, I feel like. Um, I feel like, too, just kind of talking about the album, um, you guys had another song with uh, the guy from Sleeping With Sirens, uh, Kellen Quinn, I yeah. believe. So that was pretty cool as well. It's also just a good song. Um, are there any just kind of songs or, or moments from making the album that kind of stand out to you in that entire process? Well, that song stands out a lot because um, it was definitely one of the hardest songs to write. I remember I had the verses written from the very beginning. Like once I first heard the demo, I wrote those verses and I was super into them because they were like, I don't know, they were gritty, they were riffy. It was like, it was very loose. Whereas I feel like a lot of our songs, we try to come up with like a really like set melodic structure and we try to focus on repetition and like the pop aspect of things when it comes to uh, lyric and melody writing. But with that song, I kind of just got to let loose a little bit and let all my stuff go. Um, But the chorus was like impossible to write. And the only reason we wrote it, (laughs) uh, if you watch like our studio vlog, yeah, you can see uh, Doug and Nick. They kind of like wrote some weird like joke lyrics over yeah. this melody, and it was just hilarious. And like I was just hearing them do that over and over. And if you watch, like I'm kind of sitting in the background while they're like goofing off and singing yeah. their joke song, and I'm writing the real lyrics. <laughs> um, but that was a really fun one. And Kellen Quinn was really cool. I couldn't honestly believe that he wanted to be on the song. Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of it but at the same time like it's kind of interesting the way that people are taking that song um, because the lyrics are semi-political they aren't really too on the nose with things it's really more of just an observation rather than a taking side on anything um, and by the only ones we really are kind of like giving a commentary on the way that both sides of you know whatever conflict going on the way that they're coming at each other like you know they're on the wrong side they're the bad guys like they're the ones in the wrong and nobody's really taking the time to listen to each other but people have been commenting and we've like been sending it off to playlisters and blogs and stuff and some people have been like we don't do like conspiracy theories and (laughs) they think the song is like they think the song is like a commentary on like COVID-19 and how it's like a conspiracy theory and I was like it's more of a commentary on people who think that COVID-19 is a conspiracy theory but yeah I mean, I don't yeah. know. No, it's it's such a delicate business, writing lyrics, especially politically. I don't know. I feel like that's one of the hardest art forms, actually, like of the bands that I listen to. If you can write like a good political song where it's a little, I don't know, tongue in cheek and like you're saying, a little more observatory rather than like outright shouting at people or taking sides or pointing fingers, like 
I don't know. I thought you guys did a pretty decent job overall. I wouldn't. Doesn't grab me as I don't know digging your flag into the one side or the other. I don't know. It just kind of. Well, that's kind of like the title of the song. Like, wish we were the only ones that like felt this way. And the whole thing is kind of about like, hey, like which side should we trust? Like, who should we really believe? Like that kind of situation. It's not like, oh, this other side of things is completely wrong and stupid or whatever. Like. And even the verses aren't talking about that. They're kind of about just like the paranoia and the anxiety that comes with all that conflict because 2020 was such a crazy year and we were having such a hard time like seeing all that in the media and it was just really like turning into a lot of depression and anxiety for me and that's sort of where those verses spawned from. Um, But I kind of just wanted to drive a point home about what it was that was bothering me so much with the chorus and I don't think that everybody has really kind of gotten it but I mean it was kind of my first stab at writing a song like that so I can only just take what I what I got and I think it's been mostly positive reception yeah I mean overall I think the lyrics are pretty cool you know the voiceless will arise until the system just stops you know (laughs) yeah stuff like that but uh I don't know um it's uh, it's always good to take a little adventure artistically, you know, and not always just stick to the script, no matter what it is you're trying to say or what you believe in. So, hopefully, it yeah. felt like, hopefully, it felt like a step forward. And, uh, you know, honestly, I feel like the more opinions that are uh, out there, sometimes the better. You know, it's like, how are we ever gonna get to the bottom of things or find ways to agree or build bridges if? I don't know, people don't express their opinions. It's just like, to the extent you have to take them seriously, I guess, is is ultimately up to you, and I don't know. Well, so. yeah, and I, I tried really hard to toe the line of being, like, as not disrespectful or pointing fingers as possible. Um, I mean, I really didn't want to pull, like, an American idiot with that song yeah. and just be <laughs> like, you know, just pointing out the president and, like, you know, calling out all the BS. It really wasn't supposed to be like that I didn't I don't even think I really like explicitly mentioned anything political quote-unquote like I don't know it's I'm happy with that song I have a lot to say about it I I could explain what my intention was all day but I mean like there's a lot of lyrics in the song I gotta let them stand on their own yeah definitely I mean at the end of the day people are gonna draw their own interpretations and all that anyway so one person might think it's about conspiracy theory one person might think it's about a president one person might think it's about you i mean who knows and ultimately hopefully they they take a piece of it away that reminds me of or reminds them of themselves i think is is the goal too it lets them feel like they can vent that frustration maybe as well hopefully yeah i do remember in the studio i was a little nervous about like the direction we were heading with it and i was like oh what if it's like too controversial and we like upset people and doug was just sitting in the corner like controversial is like the best thing ever like let's do it get more (laughs) controversial i was like let's let's take it easy there fellow like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know not everybody can be rage against the machine or or whatever i don't even i don't want to be rage against the machine (laughs) yeah (laughs) You guys are more uh, more raging for the party, I feel like, if anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Felix said a lot of nice things about you kind of behind the scenes, too, in the sense that you were spitballing some lyrics, like you were saying, like you would kind of not always come into a song with a fully formed lyric or idea, but 
we're pretty good off the cuff, kind of just, I don't know, making something up on the spot. So I feel like that's a that's a cool talent, if indeed you were doing all that stuff. Yeah, Felix was really great to work with in that situation because I feel like where I kind of um, lose focus and I get off track a little bit is like I feel like I do have a lot of spitfire lyric ideas uh, I would basically yeah. just sit there for like 15 minutes and come up with like 50 different lines and um, a lot of the time if I just let myself like write lyrics without any like melody to lock myself into it just turns into some like ridiculous essay or insane yeah. poem that has like no structure so uh, Felix was really on me about you know let's stay in the syllables like let's focus on you know sticking with this melody let's try and find lyrics that like match this melody decently um which i feel like i kind of need sometimes because at least lyrically if you let me off leash like it's just not yeah. gonna it's gonna be a shit show <laughs> yeah and he also said there was like one song in particular where i don't know if maybe you were struggling with either a lyric or a melody or just uh singing a line and I could be kind of extrapolating too far here, but he said like sometime around like midnight, like, I don't know, maybe you guys went out for like a Taco Bell run or something and like came back and just like crushed it. And he showed me the like isolated uh, vocal line that you did. And I wish I could remember what song it was, but uh, it was damn good. Like it was haunting. You know, there's a lot of like feeling and, and power in it. Oh, so Thanks, dude. Um, yeah. Uh, Felix tends to, I mean... I think uh, I'm more of a night owl. If you have me come in and track vocals in the morning, like it's just going to be garbage. Uh, yeah. If we start around like four or five, like that's sort of where I get going. But I feel like a lot of the time that Felix and I have worked together, like we usually go until like 2 a.m. or something like that because that's just sort yeah. of when my, my brain is just on and I'm just in the mood for that kind of stuff, which is great for me because that is like kind of the time when I have to play shows and stuff too. I know some yeah. singers who are like so tired by 10 o'clock and every time they have to play a show, show super late they're like exhausted um yeah. not me not me at all yeah it's cool honestly you could even think about maybe releasing like on youtube some of those vocal tracks because uh i've heard you know the kurt cobain ones of the world and all that and sometimes it's just kind of fun um but anyway don't want to put too much out there i'm just just a fan as it were oh yeah, I mean, I, I think the isolated vocal tracks are dope because Felix is so good at helping me come up with harmonies. We also had Cecilia Grace come in and help us come up with yeah. harmony ideas. And some of those songs have like just dozens of harmony layers all over them. And when you listen to them, they just sound like this ridiculous choir of marinas. And it's just really <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, Felix definitely does a, a good job mixing those as well. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Were there any other tracks that kind of just stood out to you? Uh, either the story behind one that you feel like you'd want to elaborate on a little more, or maybe just like a performance in particular that felt like a step forward? Um, let me think. I mean, I just remember uh, during the lyric writing process that everybody, but especially Doug, was really on me about not repeating myself too much and not falling yeah. into a, a pattern, um, which is why we tr I tried to step out of my box with songs like The Only Ones. Um, and if you kind of look at it, I, I feel like if you look at my past music with like my, my old band Echo Heart, uh, yeah. I, a lot of the time the songs were really introspective and they were really reflective on my state of mind and where I was at in life. And I think with this album, because it was such a team effort, oh, my oh, dog is crying. 
Gotta get the dog on the podcast. Let me just grab him real quick and I'll finish the thought. All right, cool. Sorry about that. My dog literally broke his foot the other day and he's kind of been like a little bit yeah. of a helpless little turd. Um, anyway, uh, if you look at my old songs, they kind of stemmed from a really like introspective place regarding like my mental health and just where I was at in life. And uh, I feel like with this album, I just didn't really have a ton to say about that. That wasn't like completely depressing because I was just in like a pit yeah. in 2020. That was just a really terrible year. So I really wanted to focus on the team, uh, the band as a whole, and just kind of the world we were living in. And there are some songs that are really a lot about me. Like Graveyard is about a relationship that I had to give up in 2020. And that was just a really difficult time. I was just going through a lot that year. And um, I was just really grateful because all those guys were just so supportive. And instead of like letting me dwell on it and write like a million songs about how much I hate my life. We got to yeah. write songs like uh, like Kerosene, which is really and like nothing left. Those songs are like about the the group and the band dynamic. Um, the only ones, you know, that one is just sort of about the world as a whole. Who are you now? Uh, I kind of wanted to write about like just the way that we define ourselves based on the perception that we put out on the Internet, you know, because I kind of yeah. was recognizing the fact that a lot of the people that I know um, don't actually know me that well because I really just put out a cultivated image online and I don't really see a ton of people very often outside of my band so it kind of just dawned upon me that like oh shit like nobody really has gotten to know me outside of you know the band and the image that I put out and a lot of people are kind of like that um yeah, I just I really appreciated that everybody was pushing me to not just dwell in a hole of my depression and my sadness and to really yeah. kind of look at the silver lining. That's kind of what the Black Sky Sunrise is supposed to be about. It's like it was just a really, really dark year. But the album as a whole and the band and what we were working on was kind of like the light over the horizon a little bit for us to look forward to. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's always inspiring and fun just kind of being able to get the the creative outlet going, you know, it's definitely motivating and I'm sure probably helped you out a little bit. Um, I was kind of curious, like, I don't know when you started singing, um, if it was something it was later in life or just something you always did, or if you had training or, uh, you know, choir or whatever. Um, yeah, I did like a little bit of drama and choir when I was in school, but like not that much and like not even in high school, like more like elementary and middle school. Um, I just really liked singing and I just wasn't super good at it, but I thought I was okay at it. And um, I remember when I started seeing people on YouTube start posting covers of themselves. And I don't know why, like when I was a kid, I kind of thought that the only way that people really become singers is if somebody chooses you. You know, yeah. like they have to pick you out and be like, you're supposed to be a star. Like you're supposed to sing like yeah. you're pretty enough. You're talented enough. You can do it. Um, I didn't really occur to me how much hard work really went into it. And when I started seeing regular people on the Internet putting out themselves singing, uh, it inspired me to try and work on it a little bit because I knew I wasn't good enough. But um, 
I wanted to get better and I wanted to be as good as some of the people that I was seeing online because they were regular people. And I was like, if they're regular people and they're living with their parents and they're just in school and they're just, you know, living their lives yeah. and they can do this, then I should do it too. Um, so I probably really got started like really caring and trying when I was like 13 or so. And uh, I was posting little videos of myself on YouTube singing and they weren't very good, but I liked them and I had fun doing them. And I just kept it going. And I think I joined my first band when I was 16. And that was just the most exciting thing ever for me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in a band. It was like the coolest. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of just kept it going from there. And I think just as things progressed and probably by the time I was like 18 is really when I was like, I am taking this like beyond seriously because I've been working on it for this long and I care about yeah. it this much. So uh, I didn't really know where it was going to go when I was working on it in high school. But once I kind of got out of high school, I was like, this is really what I want to do. So I kind of put my 100% into it. That's cool. I mean, you definitely come along. I mean, I don't know what you sounded like when you started, but now you got some pipes. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks. Like, Cause I mean, I've heard you sing live and stuff and it's, it's not easy um, to really just kind of cut above a band, especially, you know, live when you're in front of a real drum kit and stuff like that. But like a lot of good singers, you have a good like depth and uh, breadth and stuff to your voice. So it, uh, you did, you did something right. Um, yeah, I haven't actually gotten any vocal training. I just do like, uh, I've taken like master classes like online, but not even yeah. with a teacher. It's like you just watch like videos and um, I watch like vocal coaches on YouTube talk about stuff. And uh, I took one vocal training class at my school. I go to Berkeley and uh, it's just an online class. So that was yeah. like a little bit helpful, but uh, and I've, I have books and stuff, but it's mostly like a self-taught kind of thing. Yeah. That's even more impressive. I mean, I didn't even really fully appreciate singing A until I tried to do it myself and, and B until like I actually got like a lesson. It was like, oh, wow, this is like a whole other instrument that you have to learn. It's like, um, you know, I, my, my first thing is playing guitar. So I never mm -hmm. thought to approach singing that way. But it, it's pretty similar. There's a lot of stuff to learn, a lot of stuff to work on. So. Um, yeah, I used to feel like a little bit nervous about the fact that I'm I'm really like a singer first and with every other instrument that I play, which is really just guitar and piano that comes very secondary. And I'm not very good at either of those. I basically learned how to play guitar and piano just so I could learn how to write songs. Yeah. So I'm fairly limited to chords. I mean, like if I really tried, I could play something you know it just takes me a while to learn um yeah. especially because i learn i learn by ear a lot of the time on piano i don't mm. like sheet music or anything like that um, but i used to be really like nervous about that because i was like if i can't bring an instrument to the table like maybe i can't bring good ideas to the table um but i feel yeah. like i've kind of learned over time that i totally can bring good ideas to the table especially with leads you can really sing your leads and if you have a solid instrumentalist around you they can pick yeah. up what you're putting down yeah, that's cool. It's kind of funny. That's like the reverse order of how I approached music or maybe do now. It was, I still kind of joke that I write songs just so I have something to like play guitar over, like play a lead yeah. part. I just, I don't know, keeps me busy or whatever. But, but yeah, that's cool. Um, I guess for people who are, you know, 
friends or fans of yours, um, they might kind of want to know, like, I don't know, what do you do outside of uh, music? You know, whether it's a uh, hobby, occupation, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of the the every man's, every woman's sort of podcast. Usually we're not. Yeah. Up, you know. uh, I mean, I babysit. That's kind of how I, you know, make a lot of my side money. And uh, honestly, I just sing like a lot. Uh, I'm in the yeah. cover band with Nick and Paul, too. And that takes up a lot of my weekends. But I mean, that cover band has been like such a monumental help for me in growing yeah. singing live. Because uh, if you can sing for three hours with a band twice every weekend, like, uh, I mean, you just kind of reach a new level of endurance. Yeah. Um, there's that and I mean I don't know I just spend a lot of time with my dog and when I'm not working because I'm in school and I do the crashing atlas stuff and babysitting and my dog and everything I uh I just watch a lot of tv and youtube and stuff you know Um, I'm pretty 420 friendly too so like I kind of just like to relax yeah um that's actually kind of a popular subject I feel like for podcasts and stuff just kind of asking people what they're what they're into on the TV shows these days, what the latest and greatest is, you know, the Ted Lassos of the world or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, what do I like on TV? Yeah. What are you watching these oh. days? Um, well, recently I found this show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's been, like, yeah. pretty much my favorite show for, like, the last <laughs> uh, few months. It's, like, a musical show, which is really fun. I love a good musical yeah. show. Like, I'm big Glee stan over here. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and stuff, too. I still really miss Jenna Marbles. She used to bring a lot of light uh. into my life. Um, <laughs> what else? I don't know. Uh I don't like really pick up a lot of new TV shows. Honestly, a lot of the time that I am watching TV, it's because like I my life is so hectic and I really just don't have much of a schedule and every day is just different and it gets really overwhelming for me. Like I have a lot of anxiety and at a certain point at the end of the night, I really just like to turn my brain off and just kind of zone out. I like watch friends or something I've seen like a million times and it just sort of helps me like slow down. Yeah. Nothing better than just a, an old comforting TV show, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's like kind of what, it just helps me feel like, okay, I'm just at home. I don't have to worry about anything or anybody else. I don't even really have to focus that hard if I don't want to. I can kind of just like, you know, just turn my brain off, which is very necessary for me. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs to do it once in a while. It's definitely for sure, especially with all this uh, all this media these days. And, uh, it's kind of a bottomless pit. I never thought I would yeah. be quite so far into it myself, but you know how it goes with the with the music and with the everything else. It's like I like to believe it's still a tool, and that I'm kind of using it as opposed to it using me. But I guess it's a two way street. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, I feel like I should be trying harder on social media too. Like. Um, on my own social media <laughs> like I, there's so many people out there i can i see them working so hard like making tiktoks every single day and yeah. just like always <laughs> just publishing themselves and maybe it's just me like uh i just kind of like to when i'm at home i kind of just like to be like a little bit barefaced in like my pajamas and just do my yeah. thing i i don't really like to you know put myself out there on socials really unless i'm like 
just like leaving my house basically i don't like to really post myself in my house very much yeah yeah i don't know it can get tiring i know there's a lot of people out there kind of burning the candle at both ends as it were but uh there's certainly a balance somewhere so whatever works for you you know it's a lot i get tired of my own face i'm like i don't want to like take pictures of myself and like videos of myself all the time like i just it it makes me feel like kind of gross even though i probably should get over it because like that's how people grow these days you have to post your face every day so that you know you make everybody sick of you but i just i don't like that it makes me feel like weird yeah i mean your face or maybe just your voice i mean mean, after all you are playing songs so i feel like sometimes the music can get lost in in all of it so one thing I haven't really gotten into is like live streaming or anything. Sometimes I live stream these interviews if people want to, but I, I never mm-hmm. really, I don't know, live stream the music that much unless I'm playing like an open mic or something for fun. Yeah, Nick actually uh, just moved into his new house and he's got like a whole studio set up and a whole uh, rehearsal space set up for us now, which is really exciting because now it's like, okay, we get to just have this free space to make all the content that we want because I don't like none of us lived in a house where we could freely like rehearse or just make a lot of content like all of us live in like apartments or you know with people or whatever so it was just very tricky to make content but now that we kind of have that sort of space uh, I know we do really want to delve into live streaming more like we have a ton of ideas for content and I really want to get started on it like now but I have to kind of wait for my voice to heal a little bit um before we can really start doing that but we're gonna start like twitch streaming ourselves like writing songs and and putting things together and making tiktoks and stuff like that i'm i'm pretty excited for it right on gotta give the fans what they want you gotta do it it's all about the content yeah can't let them forget about you um yeah i mean have you gotten any i don't know fun or decent feedback on the new songs from just anybody or uh, anything that stands out to you like like yes this this connected with somebody or something like that or I have gotten some stuff like that and I I do really appreciate it it's interesting because um I mean I used to kind of really push myself into a super vulnerable state in older music that I would write and I think going forward I want to try and look back and sort of get a little more into that because um with this album I just tried to make it a little less about me and a little more about what we were working on in the team and like the world as a whole um but i do sort of miss the journalist aspect of writing lyrics which i feel like i used to get more messages back then about how like wow this is so like vulnerable it's so intense um but something interesting that i've been getting is this is so thought-provoking like this is such a smart song which i don't think it ever really occurred to me to try and like come up with some kind of clever narrative or you know you know give some perspective to an issue outside of myself which sounds a little narcissistic but that's just sort of how i've always written songs and um i thought it was really and I don't think I could have done it by myself either. I had everybody in the room with me kind of like sharing their opinions about stuff. I'd say, hey, guys, what do you think about, um, you know, like people and their phones and how they're like addicted to the Internet? And I would basically have everybody in the room like shouting out their thoughts at me. And I would kind of take notes yeah. and write them all down. And basically everybody would kind of be having a conversation. And I would sort of pick out 
cherry pick yeah. like the sentences that I really liked and the words that I really liked and I would try to turn those into songs and that was just super fun I got to get out of my own head and just sort of like focus on writing yeah. which was really nice that's cool I mean it's, it's a cool like uh, I would say like growth step too as a writer to kind of step outside of whatever your normal subject matter is try out some new things you know uh, it's kind yeah. of funny like on that topic of you saying like kind of like an owl or something just kind of sitting back and listening I just talked to uh, one of my friends on the last episode and he's like yeah I pretty much just wrote an album about uh, funny things or using funny sentences and like idioms that people said in the bar like while he was like eavesdropping basically <laughs> it's just like he'd hear something ridiculous that someone would say and he'd like jot it down on his phone and that would turn into a course and I was like Hey. That's freaking dope. I, I can't ever, I can't write comedy music. Like you can write comedy music. I actually liked a lot of the songs that I heard at the, the show that you put together. Um, there oh, was thanks. one about, uh, there was one about like uh, trying to be sober that I really yeah. liked. What was that one called? <laughs> yeah, that's the struggle for sure. <laughs> I liked that one a lot. I can't, um, I'm not really much of a comedy writer. I do think I can be pretty funny, but yeah. it's more like in a context of conversation or when I'm just sort of like thinking out loud, I feel like I can be kind of funny, but um, comedy music is like really, really tricky. I, I admire anybody who can, you know, mesh those two art forms together. I've never been much of a comedian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, try to find the humor and stuff. I feel like sometimes, too, like, as an audience member, when I, like, go to see a band, I really appreciate the banter, you know, like, between songs and stuff. So that's something that oh, I try, yeah. to, try to do yeah. myself, we try actually. To, we try to do the banter a little bit, too. Like, I think, especially with the cover band stuff, like, Nick and I have a really good time going back and forth yeah. um, with little jokes between songs. <clears throat> but uh, when it comes to Crashing Atlas and all the original music that I've done... I don't want to say I take myself too seriously, but we take what we do very seriously. And yeah. um, I do. There was one time, actually, I, I will share this story. And if Doug is listening to this, he's going to get triggered all over again. <laughs> uh oh. Um, we had this song that we were working on. It's it's called Who Are You Now on the album. And during the pre-chorus, uh, we were really stuck on that pre-chorus. And it's a really weird one. It's very like a uh, vocal modulated and it's not super melodic. Uh, but we couldn't really figure out what to do with it. And we had this one day in the studio, uh, Paul and John were there, John from the slang. And, uh, I, we had these, I like TikTok was just starting to pop off last year and I was like super into it. It was like the one thing that was making me laugh like every day. And uh, there were two that I was really, really obsessed with. And we like I managed to record them into the pre-choruses of the song. And they fit like perfectly. They nice. fit super. They were they were hilarious. One of them was like, Hillary Clinton is working to try and take away your Oreo cookies. And it was <laughs> freaking hilarious. And uh, we were kind of like, this sounds so good. Like, should we just like keep it in the yeah. song? And when Nick and Doug got to the studio and we presented the I like they they were pissed. They were like more Doug was pissed, but they were just like, This is a serious band. I was just like, I know, I just like you get into like the studio madness a little bit and you kinda just like don't really know what to do and sometimes you just take like a ridiculous turn with ideas. Yeah. Um it wouldn't it would not have been the best final decision to make, but I stand by that it still sounds pretty good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, like I said, it's it's good to get the uh, the actual star of the band on the show. I usually keep these things, I don't know, 45 to an hour. Um, are there, like, shout-outs for, you know, whoever you think might listen? Either members of the band or, I don't know, anybody else? Oh, well, my bandmates are irrelevant. I could have done this whole thing all by myself. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were awesome. I mean, like, big shout-out to Nick just for handling so much of the pre-production and just for helping so much with the guitar tracking. Like, honestly, the album... Would have taken like five years to make if he didn't do all that grunt work for us. So I really appreciate that. And um, to Doug for really like he was living in Chicago while we were working on the album. So he like really yeah. hauled ass back and forth to make the whole thing happen. And I was like, I, I could just really tell that everybody cared a lot because of the amount of dedication and time and effort we were all putting in. And um, I don't think Paul had ever really been a part of writing for an original band before. And he really stepped out of his box and put his ideas yeah. out there like no matter how ridiculous they were he just always shouted out his ideas and I think that's important I think it's important that if you have an idea you say it and you don't just keep it to yourself because then you're just kind of like taking up space in the room and uh obviously Felix uh you know I just I don't the whole thing would not have happened without him yeah. um he's just a fantastic producer I feel like I just encourage so many of the original bands in the area to go work with him because I'm just like you guys aren't gonna get better vocal production uh yeah. for a better price and you're just like uh he's just really great to work with and also Cecilia Grace for coming over and helping with the harmonies too she was awesome and she's just the sweetest and like such a talent and I suck at harmonies like not like bad at doing them but uh coming up yeah. with them i just mm -hmm. am not super like i can't really think of what to do in that department and she's like snap like she basically cut down what would have been like a week-long project for me and felix to put together yeah. into like two days so awesome. i really appreciated that and um yeah i was just really proud of the whole team for coming together on it and i'm grateful to all the fans who listened and didn't give up on us even though it took us forever to make it um, I hope that everybody really likes it. Yeah, I think it, I think it's gone over well from uh, from what I've heard. So it's a big step for sure. Yeah. So hopefully it uh, lands you guys some big shows, and uh, I don't know, the momentum keeps going. I mean, fingers crossed. We got some people being like, "When are you coming to like Russia?" And we're just like, <laughs> "Bro, like you better send this to everybody in Russia if you want us to come out there." Yeah, yeah, plane tickets aren't cheap, but uh, yeah, actually, just think about Germany. I feel like uh, from everybody I've talked to, rock shows still crush over there, like rock and hard. Oh, rock. we've actually, so. we actually like uh, of all the international like countries that listen to us, Germany is pretty up there. Um, not yeah. like that we get like thousands and thousands of people in Germany listening to us, but they're like uh, one of the top countries that stream our music and i would love to go party in germany dude i just like yeah. everybody that listens to us in germany just send it to all your friends and send it to anybody you know and maybe we can make our way out there who knows yeah you never know especially if you another band kind of catches wind of you and you kind of work it out together so who knows oh that that would be great uh somebody call my chemical romance and tell them crashing <laughs> atlas is available we will open for you and we'll do it for a very uh free price <laughs> there you go yeah just for the for the german beer but uh yeah this has been fun and uh i'll get this kind of 
edit it up and throw a song on there. Um, is there one particular song that I should go for or just uh, kind of pick one? You pick your favorite. All right. Well, it's probably going to be Nothing Left because that's the one I listen to the most, mostly because the music Sick. video. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, hopefully you have a good, uh, good afternoon and uh, I'll let you know when this thing uh, hits the airwaves. Thanks, homie. All right. Well, hopefully see you out there at the next uh, next show or at Felix Place or something. So, Fingers we'll crossed. All right. See ya. All right. See you. So, yeah, I want to thank Marina for coming on the show and thank you for listening. Again, the song that you're hearing in the background is called Nothing Left, which you can find pretty much anywhere you listen to music. See you next week. Right back to where I've been